This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast as we look at the Masters. And unfortunately, the word we didn't want to hear this week, if you are a big Masters follower like I am, and you wait all year for the Masters, and you love it, the four days of the Masters, what you don't want is rain. I've been there when it rains. I've been there when it rained enough to cancel a day. And let me tell you something. You can walk in mud up to your uh, knees in that place. It impacts that place a lot. And I know the weather forecast is for showers on Thursday and Friday. But on Saturday, they're talking about 50 degrees, rain significant, and wind significant. That will really knock this thing for a loop. Now, that is going to lower the odds on some of the European players because they, they play in those conditions a lot. But remember, it's also going to make the course soft at Augusta, which is going to make it a little more friendly to go after some flags, which you really can't do at Augusta very often. Uh, and on some holes, you still can't. But again, it makes it a little bit more accommodating and it slows down some greens a little bit. So... There could be some scoring on those days if it's going to be very soft. So let's see how this plays out. Wind is an incredible factor in any sport. I mean, wind is the biggest factor. You talk to any coach, I don't care what you're talking about, especially football. You talk to them, they'll play in driving rain. They'll play in snow. They don't want wind. Wind impacts the game dramatically. And the same thing in golf. The wind is going to impact the game dramatically if there's heavy winds and they're predicting the winds will be a major factor. Rory McIlroy is the co-favorite with Scheffler. He does not deserve that. Okay. They keep waiting for Rory every year to do it and he doesn't do it. He hasn't won a major in forever. Why he's favored or the same number as Scheffler is a joke. Scheffler, in my mind, has a bigger chance to win this. And I know it's hard to repeat, but he is that good right now. I'd make Rom a slight, a better favorite than I would Rory. So does Rory have a chance? He always has a chance. He's a very long hitter, and he's got a good game, except he doesn't putt usually well enough to win at Augusta, and he doesn't win at Augusta. He's never won there, as we know. And he hasn't won in a long time in a big tournament. So the bottom line is, until I see it enough, I don't like him being that uh, much on the board that high. He's six and a half to one. So is uh, Scheffler. Scheffler deserves it, though. He, in my mind, is the best player in the world and the most consistent player in the world right now. And he's earned that. Spieth usually plays very well at Augusta, but he hasn't played well recently. Um, The guys that I'm looking at, Right now, the weather to me brings, you got to take a look at 
Shane Lowry. A lot of people like Terrell Hatton. I can't deal with his temperament. You know, he'll be screaming and throwing clubs and yelling when he misses a putt. You can't win Augusta that way. I, I think I think it's too hard. So I, I'm gonna I, I would pass on him. But Shane Lowry's sixty to one and at Bet Rivers, and that is a steal. I mean, because he does have a chance, especially in the bad weather, and he can play well there. I I think he is is a good long shot there. At at sixty to one, that's a very very good price. I would look at three guys. I, I, and if you're doing contests or doing anything with multiple players, I would include Scheffler in anything because I think he'll be on the board on Sunday. Um, I like. I would take a flyer on Shane Lowry at sixty to one. I would. Uh, Take a flyer on Xander Shoffley at 23 to 1. And I would also take a look at Dustin Johnson at 28 to 1. I think he's going to play very well also. Those would be the three. If you're in contests where you're picking multiple players, like we're in a contest where you wind up having to pick guys from columns. And. So in some comps, you have to pick international players. Then you have to pick this group of players. Then you have to pick that group of players. I wound up using Kepka. I wound up using Zalatoris. Uh, and of the big players, they put the top 15 in one category. I used Johnson, Rahm, Scheffler, uh, and Shoffley. Those were my main four of, of, for the big guys. Uh, and DJ was in a different category. I used him too. So... That's where you are right now as far as Augusta. Now, again, the conditions are going to be dramatically a factor. They're going to be a very big story. Uh, I just spoke to Jim Nance a couple minutes ago, and he told me the weather's going to be a major, major story come the weekend, especially Saturday where he said the weather forecast is awful. So uh, it looks like that's going to be a very big factor. Tigers playing. If it's wet there, it's going to make it even harder for them to go around the course. Uh, by the time you see him on Friday afternoon, he'll be limping. Can he make the cut at Augusta? Yes, he can. There's no question because he can always throw in a good round. I mean, he can play Augusta, you know, blindfolded so the bottom line is yes is he going to be a threat in the tournament no i don't see him on the lead if he were on the leaderboard on sunday i'd call it one of the remarkable achievements in a long time i don't think he has a chance of doing that i would be shocked if he's within 10 strokes of the lead uh i just don't think physically he can do it for four days i just don't think it's possible i watched him when he played a couple of weeks ago at the uh, genesis and the whole second day limped so I just don't think, and he even said he doesn't know how long he can keep playing, uh, how many more Augustus he'll play. And the bottom line is, you know, it's remarkable that he even made it back from the accident. Uh, he's remarkably kept both his legs. It's remarkable he's out there competing at all. But I don't think you're going to see him win any big tournaments ever again or even be on the leaderboard on Sunday on those tournaments ever again. So Dustin Johnson, Lowry, Shoffley, those are my guys. I mean, you know, you run down who the favorites are. It's McElroy and Scheffler at six and a half to one, Rahm at nine to one, Cantley, Spieth, Dustin Johnson, I mean, uh, Justin Thomas, 
then Shafley and uh, Finnell, um, then uh, Jason Day and Max Homa, Cameron Smith, who's very capable of winning this tournament at 25 to 1. Murakawa, I don't think his putt is good enough. His iron play is brilliant. I don't think his putt is good enough to win this yet. Um, Dustin Johnson, 28 to 1 live. Kepke and Victor Hovland at 33 to 1. Zelatoris at 40 to 1. Burns at 40 to 1. Uh, Fleetwood at 54 to 1, but he's never won a tournament. Listen, Fleetwood's made me look bad at times when I've picked him. He's never won an American tournament. I don't think he's going to win the majors in his first one. Um, but every year people pick him. Why? Because he's a pretty player. And then Lowry at 60 to 1, who I think is a good price. I mean, it's 60 to 1. I mean, I'll give you an example. He's 60 to 1, Tiger 70 to 1. I don't think Tiger has a chance in the moon of winning the tournament. I think Lowry could win the tournament. So at 60 to 1, I think he's a good price. I really do. I don't think he'll win, but I, I think you might get a run for your money. So that's where we are with the Masters. We'll update it daily as we go through. Hopefully we don't get too many rain stoppages. Hopefully we don't lose days. Hopefully they don't have to play 36 holes in one day. I just All that just takes away from Augusta, but... What you like to see at Augusta is beautiful sunshine. You know, the azaleas, and they have so many different kinds. You know, the place is amazing. It really is. It looks like a theater when you're down there. It looks like you're going from movie set to movie set. That's how perfect everything is. The water's perfect. The flowers are perfect. The grass is perfect. Everything's perfect. The whites are white. The greens are green. I mean, it's just everything is perfect. It's a remarkable place. It really is. It's a place that's unique, and it's not cheap to go there. It's probably the most expensive sporting event you could go to in in the country because it's very – it's hard to get to. It's hard to stay close. It's hard to get a pass to get in. So it's a very expensive tournament to go to, extremely expensive because there's not a lot of ways to get in. And – you know, they make it difficult. And so when you get a chance to go, if you ever do, go. Because it's that special. It really is. All right, a little baseball. Mets and Yankees both playing this afternoon. Yankees finishing up the series with the Phillies after getting beat last night. Mets, as Milwaukee continues to be a house of horrors for them, Mets have lost 17-20 in Milwaukee, and they've been uh, have been shut out 19 nothing. In two games. Now, they're on a road trip. They haven't been home yet. They're three and three. The worst they could come home is three and four. Not the end of the world. But there's some bigger problems here. Verland is on the shelf. Scherz is getting racked around. I mean, he gives up the home run in the sixth inning down in Miami. He gives up three homers. After giving up the two-run double to Anderson, and Anderson's playing like, you know, uh, A-Rod. Uh, you know, he's uh, t- had a two-run double, and he had two home runs. Bottom line is the Brewers have smacked the Mets all over the place and went back-to-back-to-back to back to back on Scherzer. So Scherzer right now looks awful. 
the Met pitching staff is on the shelf. They're not hitting. And let's be honest, they spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of money. And right now, they're not a better team than they were last year. As a matter of fact, they're not even as good a team as they were last year. And, you know, that, that's, that's, that's saying something. They have a lot of issues with their pitching staff right now. They've already lost their closer for the season. And when Alonzo and Lindor don't hit, and right now they're both hitting 100, the Mets don't score runs. They haven't scored runs yet this year. It's only a couple of games. Miami's got good pitching. We know that. So you take that into account. Miami's got good pitching. And then they've gone to Milwaukee and gotten shut out twice in a row. So when that happens, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to live with it. That's all you can do. You're going to live with what happens and, you know, wait to come home, open up the home stand, you know, the home season tomorrow. And it looks like it's going to be a nice day tomorrow for you going out to uh, City Field. And, you know, there's nothing to worry about. Atlanta's off to a fast start. So what? You know, you're not worried about anything yet. Phillies are off to a bad start, and they are, they are banged up. So right now, but the Mets have issues. They needed another bat, and they are still so reliant on Lindor and Alonzo. When those guys don't hit, it's a problem. It's a big problem. And right now, that's pretty much the case. I mean, that's pretty much where they are, you know. So from that standpoint, you got to live with it. You got to wait, and you got to wait for the pitching to get healthy. And you got to deal with the fact that these guys right now are not, you know, putting up any numbers. You know, the Mets have three home runs so far. Lonzo's got one. They have not done anything, you know, with key guys. McNeil's got hits. He's got seven hits already, so we, he's doing okay. But the, uh, the bottom line is when Alonzo and Lindor hit, the Mets will hit. And the Mets still need to go out and get another bat. We know that. They'll do that. It won't be tomorrow. They don't have to do it tomorrow. So I would relax about the lineup. I would worry about the starting pitching because that's always an issue. And until you get Scherzer and Verlander in the rotation and purring, you're going to be worried because at their age, you worry. You worry what does Scherzer have left. You know, eventually he's going to lose it. Eventually these guys are going to be done. Happens to everybody. And these guys are not young, and it's an issue. Now for the Yankees, listen, they had their own issues. They got some things you want to nitpick right now. Am I worried about them overall as far as, you know, Tampa getting off to a fast start or anything like that? No. Here's the things that they need to do. They need to make decisions about Donaldson and Hicks. Whatever that means financially, you cannot justify playing these guys if they are not going to produce because they have contracts and because you brought them in here and you want them to perform. All right? 
Donaldson's hitting 133. He did hit a home run. It was one of those, you know, he just got under it and floated out into the seats and short left. Bottom line is the guy right now is hitting 133 and his OPS is five. And he is clogging up the infield. Volpe is not clogging up the infield because LeMayu and Torres are not going to play shortstop. So it doesn't matter about that. They need to open up third base so that they can leave Torres alone at second base, utilize his ability, all right, commit to him for the season, and then try to get Donaldson out of here, even if it means just getting rid of him and putting LeMayu with third base. Most of the time, he spells Rizzo at first once in a while. He DHs once in a while. He can play second once in a while. You DH Torres once in a while. You play him at second most days. And now you have your infield. Plus, that allows you to just let Volpe do his business. And whether, you know, he hits or not, hey, he's getting some walks. If he gets some walks, you can live with it. If the Yankees hit like they're supposed to hit, you know, you can carry him for as long as you want. As long as he makes the plays at shortstop. So, so what? He's not off to a fast start. doesn't matter. I'll tell you the one thing about him, though, is he's solidly built, but he's five foot nine. He's not a big guy. And being right-handed and being that size, I mean, I don't know how conducive unless he can pull or he learns how to, you know, do what right-handed hitters have always done, and that is, you know, inside out the ball so that you hit those fly balls to right field that go out, out, out into the seats. If you don't utilize the right field stance, you're not going to hit a ton of home runs there right-handed. And it's not about him hitting home runs right now. I understand that. He can walk. He can steal bases. He can, do, he can be productive. He gets extra base hits. We'll see. But he is not a very big person. Matter of fact, he reminds me a little bit of like a, not exactly, but a little bit size-wise of Bobby Mercer, except Bobby was left-handed. But size-wise, Mercer packed a wall at his size. And Volpe's about, you know, they say he's 180, maybe he's 175. I don't know. But he's, he's solid, but he's only 5'9". But they need to decide. Hicks has become a nightmare for them, okay? He should have been gone long ago. That's a Cashman project, a Cashman fave, and... They used to play him in center, waiting for him to hit the occasional home run, walk, and play defense. Bottom line is now that's over. They have a better center fielder in Bader. When they can go to an outfield of Bader, Judge, and Stanton, that outfield works. That outfield works for me a lot. Then you can use Cabrera as a utility man, which is what he's supposed to be anyway. And fill holes for injuries and everything else. And you can use Cordero's bat here and there, too, off the bench. Because he does, he does hit the ball. He does have power. But when you can play those three in the outfield and open up the DA spot, pretty good. Now, if you don't have Donaldson, you don't have to open up the DA spot every day. You can play Stanton. 
at DH a lot of times if you want to, if you don't want to put him in the outfield and you don't want to move the outfield all around. But you have to create a position for LeMayu. You need him at the top of the order. You need him as a 300 hitter at the top of the order, setting the table for Judge. That is imperative. Now, Volpe shows that he can walk a lot. If he shows that he can walk a lot and he hits reasonably, you can maybe move him up. But he's almost there to begin with at the nine spot after the first time around anyway. So he's there to set the table. But the Yankees have to be realistic here. They're not going to get anything that they can live with and that the fans can live with or maybe even tolerate out of Donaldson and Hicks. And they're subjecting Hicks to a lot of ridicule now. And you can tell you saw Judge trying to console him, trying to pep him up as the captain. The fans are all over him. They know what's going on. And they're basically saying, we're going to make it even harder on you two. We're going to make you two produce to stay here. You're going to have to earn it. And you're going to have to earn it under our scrutiny. We're not going to be nice about it either. And right now, they're not getting the job done. Hicks wants to be an everyday player. Everyday player, he goes out there, he doesn't do anything. And now, the last two years, you can't even count his defense anymore. Donaldson used to be a really good player. He's 37 years old. They need Donaldson and Hicks to be gone. There's nothing they are going to get out of either of these guys that make them worth being on this team. That's the cruel truth. Now, are you worried about the Yankee pitching? Well, the the bullpen's going to be an issue. And you sure would like to see King pitching better. And it sounds like he's going to go, you know, take a deep dive on his mechanics. That's not what you want to hear on the 5th of April, that you're coming out of spring and now we're going to do a deep dive on your mechanics. Well, it's not really, that means you're lost. That's what he's talking about after the game. Let's say, well, we're going to go do a deep dive on my mechanics. You know, they're off. Well, they're off. That's great. You know what? You think you're going to find them in like 15 minutes? Yankees have guys with live arms. That doesn't mean they're going to do the job in big spots. Right now, you're just trying to get it done with committee. And, you know, if they get a couple of good performances from some of the young guys starting, that'll be, you know, a big positive. If they can get five and six inning performances out of those guys in big spots, you know, Cole's going to do his job. I'm not the biggest Cole guy in the world, but you know what? Cole most days is going to do his, his thing. Pitching today, you know most days he's going to do his thing. You're not worried about Cortez at all. And there's enough behind them that they have 
enough live arms behind them that they can get, but it's not perfect, but it's not as reliable as you used to, but it can get done. What you don't like to see is when the Yankees have a lineup that once you get by Torres, there's nothing there. I mean, there's nothing there. And if you're leaving it up to Donaldson, hey, if Torres is up and it's second and third and two out, I'm not pitching to Torres. I'm working at Donaldson. And then I'm not worried about Cabrera. And I'm not really worried about anybody else at the bottom of the lineup either. This lineup is not the length that you're used to in this era for the Yankees. The Yankees used to have them far greater length in these lineups than they have now. Because right now they're playing some guys who are automatic outs. But I would say this. I'd like to see the Yankees cut bait on Hicks and Donaldson. It'll alleviate a lot of problems. I'm not worried about them right now, although I am a little worried about the back of the pen in big spots. The Mets right now are of more concern. Because there's not a lot right now in the pitching for you to hang your hat on. If you have no Verlander and Scherzer's getting racked, no one's going to have a good feel about the Mets at all. Because remember, they were built around Scherzer, Verlander, and Diaz. Diaz gone for the season. Verlander's on the shelf. And Scherzer's already given up four home runs in two games. And has gotten racked. So when you look at it from that standpoint, you're not thrilled. Now, to be fair, they haven't been home yet. They're three and three. That's not, you know, that's not anything you're going to be crazy about. And it's easy to see they haven't scored any runs. But when you have Scherzer getting lit up like that, not being able to really get out of the sixth inning in either game, that's a problem. Because you need a whole lot more than that out of him and Verlander if this thing is going to work. If you're going to come near duplicating what they had last year. Some emails right after this. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, you get your emails. I mean, send your emails to me at uh, Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. We'll get to as many as we can. Um, it's from Ben Scherzer, looks like a fraction of himself. He and Verlander are great names and have had great careers, but I'm worried this could have been a mistake. Well, of course you're worried. I mean, you're going to always worry when you have guys that age who hit any kind of injury or hit any kind of wall, you are going to worry that it's over. I mean, it's just human nature. It's going to happen. That's, you know, it's going to be something that you're going to worry about all the time. Um, that's not going to change. It's not going to change day in and day out. So from that standpoint, they need, before they're going to feel comfortable about anything, they're going to, they're going to want these guys, you know, they're going to want these guys to pitch well and be consistent and go seven innings 
and, you know, look unhittable for seven innings. If they do that, you're going to feel better about things. And the problem is they have put themselves in that position where they ha- those two guys have to perform. With the amount of money they're getting paid, they have to perform. And with the age on them, you're going to worry. And now with Diaz, you're really going to worry. If, if Robinson should start having trouble in the back of the pen, and he can be, he'll attack, and he's fearless, but he will have games where he'll blow it. And he could blow a couple of run lead easy because he'll go out there, he'll load the bases, and then give up a couple of big hits and then get out of it with a tie game. But, hey, he's not lights out. That's not who he is. But he's a gutty campaigner. He always has been. He's got a, he'll always attack, and he'll always give you the best he has. But, hey, this season – was going to be built around the Mets stars. Alonzo, Lindor, and, of course, the pitchers. And you've already lost one of your stars. So it's a big problem. See, they made a commitment to Nemo. He can't, he's not a guy who's going to carry a team. That's not what he does. He's a table setter. Uh, you know, he's a nice player, but that's what he is. They need their stars to perform well. And right now, as an example, it's not happening. And if it doesn't happen for a period of time, but to be fair, they haven't even played a home game yet. And Milwaukee has always been a nightmare for them. It's just a little uglier than usual. When you get out scored 19 nothing and give up 9,000 home runs and can't score a run, it looks bad. Jerry, I read a news story that Apolichak is in the plans for the renovation of Belmont. I hope this isn't true. Um... You have a pretty good chance that with what is going to happen, the selling off of Aqueduct and making Belmont a winter track. Remember, Belmont's going to run, even if someday they use their head and give Naira off from January 1st till March 1st, which should be done every year. They don't have enough horses. All they should take is simulcasting. There's better racing everywhere. People who wager stay away from racing in New York at that time anyway because the racing stinks. Bottom line is the rest of the year, the racing's great. Once March comes, the racing's good. So, but you have a very good chance with the tracks being built now and the fact that Belmont is going to be the other track than Saratoga. They're going to have a synthetic track. Now, how radical that's going to be, we'll have to wait and see. The technologies change. The surfaces change subtly, and we'll have to wait and see. But you can pretty much count on that being the fact. Um, The three-pointer and long-range shooting now such a predominant part of basketball. Would big men of the past have fared well in today's game? Would have been different. Um, the three-point basket has made, has limited the efficiency. Hasn't made them extinct, but has limited the efficiency of the inside player. Not completely, 
Would Will Chamberlain or Bill Russell or Kareem still be great? Yes, they'd still be great. They'd still be dominant players. And you don't have to shoot 33s to win a championship. But you have to be able to defend the three. And you have to have a couple of guys who can knock it down in a big spot. But the game has changed so much now that you're seeing, you know, 75 and 83s in a game. It has changed radically. And it's changed, I think, I understand why the two, I mean, you see it in college. You're so much better off taking the three than taking anything except a layup or a dunk. You're so much better off taking the three than the two. The value's just there. Doesn't mean you're not going to go inside and get some baskets. But, you know, UConn, as an example, they had a big man. He was a dominant player in the tournament. He had a three occasionally when someone left him open. But for Sonago, beat them inside. He averaged 20 points at 10 years because he beat them inside. And he made big plays. But UConn broke everybody's back with the three. Those were the daggers. The three Hawkins made when it was a five-point game. The threes Newton made when he extended the lead the first time. And a couple of them were haymakers. Calcateria comes up, boom, hits a three. The bottom line is those threes are daggers. They extend leads. They make those runs so much more dramatic. It's even a bigger factor in the college game because it's such an easy shot. But in the pros, it has become a huge part of the offense. Overwhelming, more than they ever hoped, more than they ever dreamed. And has it hurt the game? Well, you can be the judge of that. I'll tell you this, though. And this is fair. I've been critical of Manfred and been critical of baseball in the past. The rule changes they made this year, and I'll say this on April 5th, save the game. Absolutely save the game. Everybody I talk to who goes to games, everybody I talk to who watches games are thrilled by the pace of the game. Absolutely thrilled by the pace of the game. And I think that and putting the stolen base and putting real running and fielding and throwing back in the game, I think the changes they made this year will quickly be recognized everywhere as the moves that save baseball. And I don't think that's too strong. Enjoy the week. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.